good to be in the house of the Lord. Last week I wasn't here. But I know that you enjoyed yourself. Because God was here. Oh, he didn't say amen to that. Some of you, <clears throat> the Lord give me patience. Eh? The Lord was here. I want to thank the Lord for likewise also being with me as well. You know, our brothers and sisters in Lynchburg. For all that he's doing. The great and marvelous things. It's marvelous in our sight. And we give him the praise. He didn't say amen to that to Jesus. I wish you really had some joy that your brothers and sisters on the other side are also doing so well. You can shout a big amen unto Jesus. Tell your neighbor and say, please smile. Today is the last day of the fasting. Yeah. So don't make your face look like that. You see, you've made it through 21 days. Because we serve a living God. Some people are still not smiling. Because their hunger has overtaken them. But I pray that the Holy Spirit will overshadow you. Like the days of Mary. When the Holy Ghost overshadows you. If when you are hungry, you are smiling. You put your enemy in confusion. They say, why is this person so happy? It's because when the Holy Ghost overshadows you. Nothing else can hold you back. Oh, dear Mary, did not realize that even in her infancy, as she was growing up, God had an agenda for her. So it, she could not comprehend that how could it be that a virgin woman like this, God will cause her to conceive. How is this possible? But you see, if your heart desires for him, he reveals all that is in him to you. And you realize that Mary was able to withhold the promise of God, not just because you see, some of us in the process of the journey, when God decides to bless you, if you are not careful, you reject the blessing. Because you start to doubt, how can this be? But Mary made a step forward. Because she knew that there is God who is able to do beyond what man can do. I don't know what you may be experiencing in your life. I don't know what seems so impossible to you. But if you can hold on to the faith of Mary and know that God can turn your situation around at the blink of your eyes, then you have nothing else to be aware or afraid of but you put your trust in Him. I pray that this morning the Lord will bless us and the Lord, every blessing that he has set for us today. As we bring our 21 days to a close. You have to say, God, you have been good to me. Uh, some people did not think they would survive. Hallelujah. 
Some people, the moment they heard that we are going to do 21 days, they themselves, they said, God, by, 20, by day three, I'll be, my life is over. <laughs> but you see how amazing God is. Yeah, some of you have been hungry and been eating on the side. But the Lord is still merciful. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, I know. They know themselves. Oh, I know my people. Amen. <laughs> Pastor is not in my house. <laughs> when you started eating the, the food, you said, this one. <laughs> the way I am hungry. If Pastor knew that if I don't fulfill my belly right now, <laughs> my life is coming to an end. Some of you, you ate. Huh? Hallelujah. But the mix of the eating was good. Huh? But thanks be to God <laughs> that the Lord has given some of us grace that we can still stand for all of us. Amen. I want to, before I minister the word today, and it's, I, I, I know this, it's not going to be finished. I want to be very honest. So if you leave here without an unfinished message, Say, God, have mercy upon me. Yeah. I'm not going to rush in it. The unfortunate thing is that next week I'll be in San Diego for a conference and I'll not be here. But the following weekend when I come back, I'll continue. Amen. Because the truth needs to be told. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah. I said there's only one truth. And for me, one of the joy of being a servant of God is that the moment I say the truth, I know I am free. You see? But I want to acknowledge a very special man in our midst today. You know, those who know, a month and a half or two months ago, I was in Iwanda, Kigali, University of um, um, Iwanda. Um, Kigali, right? Iwanda, which one? Iwanda University, one of the universities. Yeah, you were there. <laughs> Hallelujah. And, um, you know, we did a mission work over there, with, you know, with the, with the health providers over there and stuff like that. And, it was so amazing because then some of them realized that, you know, I was in ministry. I guess some people see my, me on WhatsApp and they see the pictures on the WhatsApp. And they said, this man, he's not just a, he's not just a medical field. There's something also about him. And he approached me and said, he was one of my participants. And he said, ah, are you a pastor? I said, oh, yes. He said, how can this be? I said, it is. <laughs> and he said, I'm also a pastor. But you don't ever see people in the workforce, especially in the medical field, and still accept the calling of being a pastor. And I said, well, there is something greater than the medical field. Because the calling of God is bigger than every calling that you can accept. So I want to recognize my dear brother, my friend. Yesterday, those who were not here last night, I, you missed it. You missed it. Jabez prayed. Ha. Oh, my goodness. The man preached. The man preached. Yes, if you're not here, we did not record it. We did not record it. We intentionally did not record it so that people would just wonder. You see how, you see, when, the, when God sets up, you know, time and season for us to do stuff, as Christians, we are the first one to look at our life and say, ah, do I want to go to church? Do I want to do this? And then we start to make agendas for ourselves. That's why sometimes you knock the door and when you come, he's gone. Yeah. When the season is open, capture it. And the man ministered and it was a blessing to us. It was a blessing to us. So I want to recognize the ministry of Pastor Dr. John Paul from all the way from Rwanda. 
tools which are not today. Let's give it a clap of to Jesus. Amen. I want us to take our scriptures to the book of um, John chapter 2, verses, the Gospel of John chapter 2, verses 13 to 17. And likewise, I want you to make these quotations and write these quotations down because it's part of my message. So just for the sake that if I'm not able to get to it, you can likewise do so. Amen. Amen. Write down Colossians chapter 1, verses 19 to 24. And write down Ephesians chapter 5, verses 25 going. Amen. Amen. And we start from the Gospel of John chapter 2, verses 13. Let's read it. Now the Passover of the Jews was at hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem, and he found in the temple those who sold oxen and sheep and doves and the money exchangers doing business. When he had made a whip of cords, he drove them all out of the temple with the sheep and the oxen. And poured out the changers' money and overturned the tables. And he said to those who sold doves, Take these things away. Do not make my father's house a house of merchandise. Then his disciples remembered that it was written. Say it was written. Zeal for your house. Zeal for your house has eaten me up. For it was written, zeal for your house has eaten me up. Amen. One of the things I was seeking the face of God and I was asking the question, so after 21 days that we say we have fasted and prayed, so after it's over, so what? What is next? You spend 21 days to wait upon God. What is next? And it's important for us to understand the meaning of why we went through this 21 days and what is next. Because if you are going to live your life based on just a chapter, then you will not understand the full book. In every book there are chapters. One chapter does not denote the fullness of the book. You get it here. There are various chapters to reveal you the sequence of what the end will look like. So as you have gone through your chapter of 21 days, what is next is to understand that God, I need your zeal. You didn't get me here. You see, when the disciples said this in the scripture of John chapter 2, keep in mind what they said. They said in verse 17 that his disciples remembered that it was written. Can I get an amen here? You see, most of the time when the Lord speaks in his word, it says that it is written. But here, the disciples remembered that it was written because Jesus was affirming something that was said before time. You did not get me. See, Jesus was affirming 
something that it was said before time. It was written that the zeal of the house shall eat him up. Hallelujah. So his coming was not just to come, just for show off. But it was written before time that the house of God will be a priority to him. You didn't get to me here. Let me go here. It was written. It was written. So before, that he, before he came to this earth and began his ministry, what brought him to do his work was a certain measure of zeal. Because the house of God has been filled with, with, with people exchanging with businesses. Because the house of God has been clustered with people doing all sorts of things. So he needed to come to redeem back the house of God. So they could not just say it is written. But it was written. And the psalmist in Psalm 69. Take your scriptures. Let's go there briefly. Psalm 69, verses 7. And I'll read. This is David speaking here. Because of your sake, I have borne reproach. Shame has covered my face. This is David speaking. I have become a stranger to my brothers. An alien to my mother's children. You have to understand the state that David was in at this time. I have become even a stranger to my own siblings. Why? Because of my, because, and we're about to read it here. And verses 9 says what? Because zeal of your house has eaten me up. There was something about David. That even his own brothers. They don't want to associate themselves with him. Huh. There was something about David that in the midst of his time of trouble, everyone has set him apart. Everyone has forgotten about him. But in the midst of all that, he said in verses 9, because the zeal of your house has eaten me up. It means there was something about the house of God that David discovered that many did not discover. And he says that I search for a man after my own heart. God discovers after those who make his house a zeal. Who has a zeal for his house. And I'm coming so you can understand this. Let's continue. Verses 9 going. And the reproach of those who reproach you have fallen on me. The reproach of those who reproach you has fallen on who? Me. The reproach of who? Who reproach who? God. Has fallen on who? Him. You have to understand how he connected his life with God. 
And you will understand very soon why David was such a great king. And why out of him came forth Jesus Christ. In the midst of his trials, he saw everything just as God wanted him to see it. Your, those who have reproached you has also fallen upon me. Do we understand the burden of the kingdom? Do you desire to walk with the burden of the kingdom? Do you desire to seek the face of God concerning his kingdom? Hear what David continued to say. When I weep and chasten or humble myself, my soul with fasting, and that's what you have done for 21 days. When I weep and humble myself, my soul with fasting, they became my reproach. I also made sackcloth my garment and became a byword to them. Those who sit in the gate speak against me, and I am the song of the drunkard. Verses 13. But as for me, my prayer is to you, O God, in the acceptable time, O God, in the multitude of your mercy, hear me in the truth of your salvation. Deliver me out of the merry, and let me not sink. Let me be delivered from those who hate me, and out of the deep waters. In the midst of this, this was David's prayer. Deliver us. And he says that because of the zeal of your house, it has eaten me up. This morning, what I want us to go back into the gospel of John chapter, chapter 2, to look at very briefly, is why was this zeal so important? Why do we need this zeal? What is the essence of this zeal? You see, the people of God, the temple had been built. And at that time, when it comes to the temple, they looked at it as the natural things that was built by, by men. And in the temple of God, people were going about doing their own business. Tell your neighbor, they are doing their business. But when Jesus entered in there, he realized that he needed to get rid of that business. Hallelujah. In our time today, we may think that there is no business going on here. But tell your neighbor, there is business. Tell your neighbor, there is business. Yeah, 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 yeah. The reason why there is business, the Lord was teaching me this here. He said, son, you see, some of us have become money exchangers. What does that mean? It means I come to God only when I need something. Yeah. Many of the times our Christian life has become conditioned based on what God will do for us today. So if God gives me this, then tomorrow I will do this. If God does not answer my prayer, that I will not do this. But David said in Psalm 69 that in the acceptable time, meaning that my zeal for your house was not dependent on what you will do for me today. But in the acceptable time, 
Whatever you wish to reveal your glory, whenever you wish to deliver me, I am so going to hold on to you. Because in the acceptable time, I know you will deliver me. You see, it was not about the exchange. You see, many of the times we come to church based on the exchange. If this person loves me, then I will keep coming back. If the pastor shows love to me, and I'll keep coming back. If the pastor says hi to me, then I'll keep coming back. But the zeal of the Lord's house eats me up. I'm about to explain why it eats you up. And why it should eat you up. But now we are living in time that Christianity, there is no zeal that is eating us up. Yeah. And I pray that you don't walk around boasting about the fact that you have fasted for 21 days. And think that is what makes a difference in life. Yeah. But it's about walking in that zeal of his house. Let's continue. I wrote here, and I'll say this. Can I say this? Hey. You see, God is spirit. And you cannot put him in things built by man. When the Lord opened my eyes upon this, I was marveled. He can only dwell in things he has built. Let me repeat it. I know you are probably still trying to understand the English. I know it's my second language. But hear me. God is spirit. You can't put him in things built by man. Hmm? You can only, he can only dwell in things he has what? Built. God is spirit. Just the fact that we have these four walls here does not mean God dwells. You can have a church. You can have many churches and God does not dwell. I am not going to kid you because the truth needs to be told. Just because we come here and there are signs over here. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad. Some people will still live here not rejoicing and are still angry. Is God here. Can I teach this? It is not the written words. It is not the four walls that defines God's dwelling. God cannot be confined in the four walls. He cannot be put in a place that is naturally built by natural things because he is spirit. You get it? Oh, I hope you get it. And because he is spirit, these four walls does not confine him. But you see that he said in his word, where two or three are gathered in accordance in his name, that he is. You didn't get me. Who are those two and three? Let me teach you. Tell your neighbor he's teaching you. I just want you to relax. It's not that bad. Yeah. Yeah. Because I want to provoke what, and that is the heaviness of my heart. Whatever has limited you, that you can't seem to run the way you need to run. 
from today on, you will run. Amen. And you will not grow worried. Amen. Yeah. The kingdom need runners. Yeah. Tell your neighbor, the kingdom need runners. If you look at the scriptures, it's not about just walking. It's about runners. It says, the vision, though it may tarry, when it comes, what do you do? You give it to a runner. Uh, not the worker. You run with the vision. Yes. First Corinthians chapter 6, verse 16. Actually, let's start from 18 for the sake of time. It says, flee from sexual immorality. Mm. Every other sin a man can commit is outside his body. But he who sins sexually sins against his own body. Hmm? To everyone here, hear me clearly. I will repeat it. First Corinthians chapter 6, verses 18. Flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a man can commit is outside his body. But he who sins sexually sin against his what? Body. Maybe where you was before, they didn't say this, but I wanted to know that it is in the Bible. Hallelujah. Verses 19 says, do you not know? It means that verses 18 was for the entire general population. And knowledge for everybody else to know. But verses 19 deals with those who have believed in Jesus. He says, do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? Whom you have received from God. You are not your own. Your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Where he dwells. So the reason why the house of the Lord. The zeal of the house of God. eats me up. Is because inside of this body. Is the dwelling place of the Holy Ghost. And if I don't yield to the Lord to work in me that I am doing something wrong to this body because God has taken my body to be a dwelling place for the Holy Ghost. Amen. You see, he spoke everything forth and everything came to be. But with man, he said, let me create man in my image. God will not dwell just in the four walls and you think that God is here. God does not dwell just in your degree. God does not dwell just in your career. But God dwells in the body of those he has created yes. with his image and likeness. Yes. Inside of you is the Holy Ghost. Yes. Inside of you should be the Holy Spirit. Yes. Inside of you should be the dwelling of the Lord. Yes. So when Jesus Christ came and he was demolishing everything in the house of God, in the temple, the people, when he finished doing it, the people started to ask for a miracle. But you see, they had missed it. Tell your neighbor, they missed it. They missed it because he was getting rid of the things that we walk around with every day of our life. He was getting rid of the dove, of the shame, of the pain, of the unforgiveness. Inside of us, there is an expectation. Inside of us, there is a cleanup. And the reason why fasting is good is because when you fast, you, the Lord brings you into a place of humility. So when God starts to dig stuff out of you, there is no complaint. 
Because where inside of me is the presence of the Holy Ghost. And we cannot defile inside of us. And we pray that God will give us a zeal for the Spirit of God in us. That I don't just say I'm a believer without works. But I will be a live believer that I have works. And that work comes from the Lord. Amen. I am not done. But I'll continue briefly. So you can understand this here. Because it is important. Tell your neighbor, the zeal. For your house has eaten me up. Hmm. You know, English is my second language. So I have to sometimes go to the dictionary to understand. Why zeal? What is zeal? And dictionary is always a helper. Sometimes. Sometimes I see some of the definitions of some words. And my spirit is not easy. Because yet I don't think people understand what it means. Yeah. The dictionary said a whole bunch of stuff. Emotional drive. I said, Jesus. Jesus need emotional drive. No, 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 no. Something is error. <laughs> emotional drive. Hey, my God. I think Jesus was depressed. <laughs> it cannot be. He is the son of the living God. So I saw that definition, I said, cancel. And I keep going down the line. And I said, you know what? Let me make my own zeal. Yeah, let me divine. It is great devotion to pursue God's agenda. Great devotion to pursue God's agenda. Hallelujah. The zeal of your house. It's me up. I have great devotion to pursue your agenda concerning your house. You get it? Okay, good. So let me read some few things here. As a matter of fact, let me try to wrap some few things up. Three minutes. Go to Ephesians chapter 5. You know, sometimes it does this to me, you know. Then I'm in that place that I don't know where to go next. Yeah. Ephesians 5, verses 25. Do we have it on? Husband, love your wives, just even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Please continue. Actually, give me a full page. Give me a full page. That he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. That he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and what? Without blemish. So of men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that love his wife love himself. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourish and cherish it, even the Lord, the church. For we are members of his body and of his flesh and of his bones. Hallelujah. I should go back over there. Go back. Go back for me, please. To verses 25. 
Husband, love your wives. Even as Christ loved the church. Keep that in mind. Let's go to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. Verses 19. And open verses 19 going. Verses 19 to 24. For it, it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. Right? And having made peace through the blood of his cross by him to reconcile all things to himself. By him, I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven, and you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by the wicked works, yet now have he reconciled. What is God teaching us here? This body that belongs to God, in it dwells the Holy Spirit. And how did this body start to receive the dwelling of the Holy Spirit? By his love. Jesus Christ left heaven, came down with a zeal to make sure this body was reconciled back to the Father. You and I today, we are partakers of, the, of, of God's ways. And I wanted to reveal this to you. I don't know if I said the, theme, the, the title of today's message, but be prepared and be present. But be prepared and be what? Present. Amen. God is, we are living in a time that God is what? Preparing us. We are living in the time of what? Being reconciled. But you have to understand how, what we are being reconciled to. Verses 19 and 20, he says that for it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. And having made peace through the blood of his cross. Because of the blood. By him to reconcile all things to himself. What is being reconciled to him? All things. To who? To him should all fullness dwell. We are being reconciled to him who carries all the fullness of God. So when you, you look at your life, the reason why zeal is important is because you don't want anything else to occupy the fullness of his dwelling. He has already taken dwelling. You can't bring anything else in your body. You can't allow unforgiveness to come and dwell in you. You can't allow, you know, you know, all sort of things to come and dwell in you. You can't allow sexual immorality to dwell in you. Why? Because the fullness of his glory, the fullness of his dwelling is in you. You should be satisfied if you have truly accepted him. Because he carries the fullness of the dwelling. Did you get it? Because he carries the fullness of the dwelling and you have received him. It means that you have the fullness. So whatever you are in need of, if it is mercy, you have it. If it's peace, you have it. If it's joy, you have it. The fullness of him dwells. And God is preparing us to be that very church that shall be presented to the Father 
that is blameless, holy before God. Amen. My brothers and sisters, our time of preparation is extremely very important. One day we shall be presented before God. One day we shall all, as an entire body, as individuals, shall be presented before God. And my prayer is that when he presents us, are we ready to be presented? You see, the reason why God taught us this very place about Ephesians 5, and he related that to marriage, is that in every marriage there is preparation. But just because you are prepared does not mean that you present yourself at the wedding day. Oh, can I say that? Amen. There are some people that they prepare themselves for weddings, but on the wedding day, they don't show up. True or false? True. Yes. I'm not speaking anything different. So it means that there is a need for you to what? Be prepared. And there is a need for you to what? Be presented. And I'll teach this next time I preach and go more in depth on this. You see, the Bible says in the book of Esther chapter 2, and I wish you can go there briefly with your own Bibles. The Bible says that when they were searching for a queen, they took the women. And Esther was part of the women. Keep in mind that she was a foreign woman. But God, being God, was working things on her behalf. Esther, in the mix of the preparation, I wish I had time to go there with you, and I'll go there next time. I'll repeat this message again. Esther, in the mix of the preparation, the Bible says that she, she had the favor over the Antioch of the king, and she obeyed everything they asked her to do. As a matter of fact, the women had the opportunity to take and ask anything they wanted when they went before the king. But for Esther, he did not want what he, she wanted. The Bible says that she asked what they wanted to give to her, the angel, and she followed likewise. And if you continue from verse chapter 2 going, you realize that because of Esther's preparation, the Bible says that they actually took a whole year to prepare before they encounter the king. You see, if you don't have zeal, when the Son of Man comes, will you be ready? Will you be ready to be presented to God? If there is no zeal for the working of the Holy Ghost in you, if there is no zeal in you, then today you say, today I am hot for God. And tomorrow you say, I am cold for God. But that is the church of, of, of Laodicea. Where they were hot, were hot one day, cold the next day. The Bible said they were what? Lukewarm. And what did God do? He said, I will spit them out. God wants people who are going to carry the zeal of his house. Because with the zeal of the Lord, house eating me up, I will always go before the Lord. I will always trust in him. I will always obey his word. The zeal of the Lord is what I need today. And the Bible says that the women went. But when Esther got before the king, the king found favor and grace in Esther. 
and what the, the king do? Crowned Esther as queen. My brothers and sisters, there is a crown ahead of us. The end of my message is that there is a crown that is before us. All things will pass away. I one day shall go. One day you will go. One day we shall all go. But there is a crown that we are expecting. And I don't know what your, where your mind is on this crown. You can be busy for everything else. But there is no greater crown than the crown that the father dwells. All the women receive something from the king. But not all of them. Not all of them receive a crown. I don't know about you, but I don't want the things that will, that will just take me temporary time. But I want the crown. The crown of God is what I yearn for. And I pray that this will drive you in the way you walk with God. This will drive you in your way you, you understand the ways of God. This will drive you in everything that you do for the face of God. When you fall, you rise back again. Amen. When you fall, you rise back again. Amen. When you are doing the face of God, you are not doing it because of the pastor. But you are doing the face of God because the zeal of God is eating you up. Amen. Your reason for church is not because the pastor has called me to come to church. But your reason for church is because there is a zeal. For the house. Amen. Tell neighbor, there is a zeal. There is a zeal. There is a zeal. That is eating me up. Let's all rise on our feet.